Hello, welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 57. Starring Jimbo and Fisher. And it's great to be back on our second um, Skype-based podcast. Um, so we'd already started videoing before, hadn't we? But obviously we had a Skype video on the last one, so we were kind of into the videoing thing already, weren't we? Um, but I think it sounded pretty good. It worked pretty well. Were you quite happy with it, Fisher? I was quite pleased with it. Sound quality was quite good. A lot of TV programs have to do this now. Yeah. Um, so I watched, watched Have I Got News For You on Friday night, and they seem to be doing the same thing. But I did actually think our sound quality was better than theirs. Let's hope we can keep it up. And just to test our sound quality out, shall we introduce the title of our podcast today? Episode 57 is entitled, Don't Podcast So, Don't Podcast So, Don't Podcast So Close To Me. And that is in reference to a police song, Don't Stand So Close To Me. Um, which obviously, again, continuing with the old sort of social distancing theme that we've had for the last couple of weeks. Um, at the police are probably, you know, like as well as them being a band, aren't they the people that are also policing the social distancing and making sure people stay indoors, or, or is that the actual police? The actual police are oh. doing the policing. I was going to say because... Not, they... not the police doing the policing. Not Sting and the police. But they'd be quite good no. at it because, like, they are, you know, they also sing a song, Message in a Bottle, so they'd be quite good at at sort of, you know, communicating through um, the sort of lockdown and so on. Yeah. Well, it depends, depends how quickly you can transport a bottle from one place to the other, really, doesn't it? Yeah. And, they and could, the method of transportation. And they could sort of say, you know, put on your red light if uh, if you need extra food and supplies or something. Put on a red light and all that. But that's uh, also a different thing as well. You know, and again, it's something, I... you shouldn't be, something else you shouldn't be doing during the year. Uh, coronavirus outbreak <laughs> yeah i think i think having a red light on generally sends out a very different signal to <laughs> say that just i'm hungry um, obviously there is sort of issues hungry around uh, i mean pr- perhaps that is where we're throwing so much technology into self-driving cars yeah maybe for communications it's better self-sending messages in bottles <laughs> possibly yeah what do you think why not put, put put the bottle sort of inside a remote controlled car yeah. Send it across to your friends. That'd work, wouldn't it? It would do, yeah. And uh, we, we also have done a little bit of work on our um, sort of, well, so we've had more time, basically. Um, we've done a bit more work on our um, kind of um, audio little bits that we use in our shows and so on. Did a bit of extra stuff as well for our Facebook page and Twitter account and so on. So you might have seen that we, uh, that I actually recorded the sort of parody version of our last episode of our podcast, which was um, entitled... Um, Love will tear us two meters apart. So I've recorded a version of that that you can watch on YouTube and on our Twitter and Facebook accounts. We may even play out the show with it later on today as well. We'll decide, see how much time we've got left. Um, yeah, I think probably the critical thing there is when you said we have been doing that, what you mean is <laughs> you have been doing that because I haven't got a clue out of any of that sort of stuff. <laughs> well, you, you've done well at your end getting set up, haven't you, and getting plugged in and everything. Got your microphone oh, yeah, stand pl- set up there. I can plug things in. Isn't he clever? Isn't he a technical genius? You know, the, his ability to plug some headphones into a headphone socket, unrivaled. Well don't, done. Don't you work in IT? Well, well yes, but not in, not in audio-visual <laughs> stuff. All right, I'll let you off. Okay. Um, so we, we'd also thought a bit differently about how can we do things maybe a little bit differently, particularly during this time, make things a bit more visual as well, seeing as we're on Skype and we're on video now. And we uh, also thought we, we've got a bit of a new feature, haven't we, Fisher? So should we get straight uh, on we... with it? Do you want to get straight on with it? Uh, yeah, sure. We have we have a drink first. Oh yeah, yeah. Why not? While we're getting that, then. Okay. So uh, obviously at this uh, at this time. It's... <laughs> so <I> just... <laughs> did you want to do I the think... joke? Uh, well, I think we we're going to do the joke. Where we we're going to pass the uh, pass the beer across to each other. Um, but I we can think still you do might it. Just ruin we that. We can still do it. Do it anyway. 
there's a there's a massive time delay on this uh, this video, so the drinks seem to have already already got across the gym bell by the looks of it. I mean, obviously, in this in this time, you've got to be careful. I've got another another visual joke. You have got to be careful. You don't develop a problem with alcohol. So I've just been drinking a few glasses of brandy. Um, so. For anyone listening to the audio version of that, I just pulled out a massive glass that's filled with... Well, it's not actually filled with brandy. Uh, it's filled with something else. I'm just going to pour a, a drink of Amstel Lager. Um, okay. That's just because we're standing shoulder to shoulder with other nations at the moment who are also <laughs> suffering from the coronavirus um, outbreak. Well, so everybody's so... having to drink crap lager. Hey, it's not crap. I'm, I'm it's joking, right, I'm joking. No, well, I mean, we, well, in, all, in all fairness, though, we haven't really had a chance to get out there, have we, and buy any... Um, sort of beer have with it like local sort of craft beer and ales and stuff like that like we normally would so we're stuck with whatever we've got however there are lots of uh, local beer services around Sheffield and Chapel Town area um, including uh, the ones from the Moor Market who I always like to give a mention to Beer Central who are doing a delivery service so if anyone's after any um, specialist craft beers lagers ales uh, ciders even then you can uh, get in touch with them Beer Central and they're on Facebook and they also do a great they're involved in a great podcast as well called um, the Hopcast, which is uh, all about beers and so on. Uh, are they paying to sponsor us? No, they're not. They should be. Why are you advertising them so profusely? Though? Well, you know, are, you gonna, are we going to do the trick or what? Uh, I'll, I'll pass the beer across to you, Jimbo. I'll pass, pass the lager. Here you go. There you go. Where, where is it? Oh, hold on. This this one? Thank you very much. Yep. Thank, well did, did that kind of work or did I kind of give it away earlier? I don't know. It's definitely not my beer because my beer's just here on my other side. <laughs> anyway... Speaking of sponsors. Thank you very much. Speaking of sponsors. Sponsor the Waste of Web Space podcast today and see your business boom. 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 We have a guaranteed listenership of at least 5,000. Sorry, just five. Jimbo, Fisher, Fisher's wife, Fisher's cat, and sometimes Fisher's dad, especially since retiring from working for Schweppes. He's got a lot more time on his hands now. For a very low price per episode, we can give you absolutely nothing in return. Yes, nothing. But we will look favourably on your products and services. We have a range of advertising packages available to suit every business need and budget, from sticking your poster in our own toilet, right up to occasionally mentioning your services in our podcast. Or for the Platinum Package, we'll make you an absolutely banging advert just like this one. Get in touch today. Or tomorrow. Or the day after that. Or whenever, really. Okay, so we've got our drinks. We're settled in. We're ready to crack on with the rest of the podcast. Um, we've already ruined a lot of the jokes as well, but never mind. Um, so, Fisher, um, we, I, I sort of said, shall we have a new little feature and try and make it a bit more visual? So I said to you, we've all got different random items, don't we, that we've got around our houses and stuff that we've got, sort of picked up uh, and sort of gathered together we might have hoarded over the years that, and some quite random and strange things at times as well or unexplainable things so I thought let's do a bit of a, a would I lie to you type thing where we both bring an item to the podcast a bit like a show and tell should we call it show and tell? yeah go on then let's call it show and tell we bring a random item each to the podcast each week and then we've got to describe two different versions of events as to how we got these items and where they came from in order to convince the other um, to go with the one that's actually a lie. Does that make sense? So we. Yep. So I, I want. Yeah, perfect. To, yeah. Sorry, go on, Jimba. This so, is the techni- technical <laughs> difficulties we're facing. Go on, Jimba. So I, I want to be able to convince you uh, not to get the correct reason that I've got a certain item. Is that correct? Is that how we're going to do it? 
if that's how I want to, that's how I want to do it. I would, I would warn you that this first week, that's not quite how I've done it. Oh, um, right, okay. I'm, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell a story about an event that a certain item was involved in. But you know, okay, we'll, we'll work it out as we go oh, along. Well, let, let's just see what happens. So, who wants to go first? Shall I go first or you go first? I'll let you go first, Jimbo. Okay. So the item that I have brought with me, a couple of different things actually, but they're both linked together. Um, are is this? Okay. So I'll hold it up for the camera. I have got an Eddie Stobart pocket watch. Okay. Eddie Stobart okay. pocket watch. Okay. And not only do I have an Eddie Stobart pocket watch, I'm also the very lucky holder of Eddie Stobart cufflinks. Okay? It's got the Eddie Stobart truck on it. Do you like Eddie Stobart? So that, yeah. Uh, I, I quite like Eddie Stobart. It's the pocket watch then. So is that how lorry drivers know that they've got to take their <laughs> mandatory breaks to get given a pocket watch? I thought there was a tachograph in there nowadays, so it didn't, uh, they weren't allowed to go over, over the limits. Well, these are certified. Okay? So they're very special. Okay? So... Uh, I'm going to give you two different reasons now as to how I've got these, and you've got to kind of break it down a little bit and see if you can find out the the, the reason why I do have them um, over the other. If you know what I mean, okay. So you might have to you might have to dig into my answer a little bit. I'll give you a brief explanation for both, okay. Explanation number one, okay, is that my uh, grandma uh, who lives in Granicide, um, I got these as a Christmas present from her because she thinks that I really really like Eddie Stobart, and the the truth is. I do like Eddie Stobart. I I like to play a game on the motorway, and it was someone when it was went from when I worked at Barnsley College with a chap called Gary. Big shout out to Gary, um, who when we used to go on long journeys doing UCAS events and various th- things around the country, we'd we'd look out for Eddie Stobart trucks, and we'd both try and guess it. Each Eddie Stobart truck, I don't know if anyone knows, has got two names on it, two girls' names on it normally, sometimes one, usually two. So what we did is a game where we both had to say two girls' names, and we had to see if we were lucky enough to. Want for one of us to get any of the names right that were on the lorry as we drove past it. So I think I once told my grandma this story, and she decided that uh, for Christmas she would get me uh, an Eddie Stobart pocket watch. She sent off for it because it was in the newspaper, and uh, Eddie Stobart cufflinks. So that's why I have these items, and I'm very, very keen on them. I really like them. And uh, that's reasonable oh. one. Yeah. So uh, are the two names that are rather than Eddie Stobart lorry, not Eddie and Stobart? No, they've all got different names. So it could be, it could be uh, like Jean Patricia, or it could be Lucy Olivia. It could be anything like that. Usually girls' names, and usually two. Sometimes one depends, but usually two. Okay. Are you ready for the second reason? And you've got to decide which yep. of, which reason's real. Okay. The second reason is that before, um, I, you know, like I said before, I like playing this game uh, along with um, a friend of mine from Barnsley College. The second reason is that I was driving on the motorway. Um, not when Gary was with me at the time, but just on my own, uh, going to another work event. And I drove past a lorry that had the name Ada Grace on the side of the lorry. Now, as you will know, that is the name of my daughter, okay? Um, but this is before my daughter was born. So I saw the name, and we'd, I'd already considered Grace as part of the name, along with um, the mother of Ada, of course. We'd already considered Grace as a potential name, but when I saw the word Ada on it, spelt slightly differently, albeit... Um, I said I suggested that as a name, and that then became the the name of my daughter, Ada Grace Wilmshurst. There you go. Um, and because of that, and that moment that I had where I realised that that was ha- what I wanted to call my daughter, I decided that just before she was born, when I'd seen uh, that you could send off and get these certified bits of merchandise from Eddie Stobart, that I'd send off for the Ada Grace pocket watch and cufflinks, and it does actually say Ada Grace, it's hard to see, but it's, it is the Ada Grace one that's on the front of this particular lorry, okay? So, which of my two reasons is real? You can quiz away, you can try and find out 
if I'm lying about one of them and which one it is. Okay. Uh, is your daughter actually called Ada, or has this been a very long-running thing where you've just <laughs> you've just referred to her as that over the last sort of sort of two? Well, she's nearly she'll be three in sort of um, start of June, first June is mm. birthday. Uh, so you've obviously for well over two and a half years you've just been calling her Ada, even that's not actually her name, just so you can get to this point. You know that full well that's her name. So okay, um, oh, Garrett, do you? I without wanting to make sort of comments about elderly relatives and the presents you sometimes get from them at sort of Christmas and birthdays, which are always appreciated. It's always the thought that counts. Yeah. However, if you were just going on the quality of the present, sometimes you would maybe think it's slightly questionable. Um, but, you know, it's, it is the thought that counts. There's always, there's always a lot of thought <laughs> in there in terms of presents from grandparents. So thank you very much to all our grandparents for the sometimes appalling presents that you get us. Well, it's, like, it's um, a nice way to think of them. You know, now we can't see them. Um, I've got this, uh, potentially, if, I, if I'm telling the truth, I've got this uh, Eddie Stobart pocket watch and cufflinks to remind me of my grandma. Yeah. Uh, well, I suppose the thing is, I'm in, a bit, I'm, I'm in a bit of a jeopardy situation, really, aren't I? Because if I say that the idea that you named your daughter after seeing two words on an Eddie Stobart lorry, and I say that's a ridiculous and stupid thing to do, and it turns out it's true, then obviously that's, that's quite sort of offensive <laughs> and disappointing. So but you I don't knew, want to say that. But so. you already knew I was already considering grey, so it's, it wasn't a complete stab in the dark, but it was just something that, you know, I saw it and I thought, that's, that's, that's potentially the name I want to go with, so... Yeah. An enlightening moment brought to you by Eddie Stobart. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that could be true. That I think you might have. It, that might have been the confirmation moment. Ada Grace seen it on an Eddie Stobart lorry. So you're going with that one. Going with that one. So I tricked you. Um, this was actually a gift from my grandma. And although I did say that, and and it, and it's complete truth that I do like playing the Eddie Stobart game. That's true, but um, to be completely honest, I was I was quite confused as to why I was out. This was a gift that was that was given to me. Um, this Eddie Stobart pocket watch, and it is certified. So it was she sent off from through from it for it for, from the newspaper, and I think she got various other family members different things from newspapers as well that you could send off for, uh, or she might have seen it on the TV. Even I can't what it were. Um, but yeah, and it's not Ada Grace. It's actually Ivy Marion is is the version right, okay. of the cufflinks and the pocket watch that I've got. So, so great. If not I... only do you get a present that you may not want, you get it with two people's <laughs> names like they're absolutely meaningless to you. Exactly. Un- un- unless, obviously, your grandma has called Ivy Marion or, or anything like that. But... No, no relation whatsoever. But yeah. that said, I do like playing the Eddie Stobart game when I am in the car, and I always do that. So I always now look out for Ivy Marion, hoping that one day I will see the Ivy Marion that is on my pocket watch. And jokingly, uh, I did want to take that to a wedding, and I had that in my pocket at a wedding. So there you go. Um if you were to see the Ivy Marion Eddie Stobart lorry, would you then have to drive home to go and get your pocket washing cufflinks <laughs> then try and get back onto the same road and go and catch the lorry up? <laughs> Possibly. There's, there's an app, you know, you can you can mark on an app, on an Eddie Stobart app, where you've seen certain trucks um, with certain names on and so on, so that you can sort of track them around the country and where they are and so on, for anyone who's really into Eddie Stobart. If I tag this with Eddie Stobart, we might have loads of views from loads of Eddie Stobart fans. Big shout out to you, <clears throat> if they do that. The truckers can listen to the podcast while they're <laughs> on the road, surely. Yeah. So, thank you very. What a great idea! Exactly. I know what I'm doing. Always. So, thinking. is it time? Is it time for me to yeah. me to discuss my possession? Yes. Well, I'm wearing it. Okay. Uh, it's a red hood at the top. Uh, a few drawstrings on the hood. It's got. Uh, I'm not sure if you can see on the hood, but it said like sort of pow and wow and various other things. Like and on Batman. A bit like Batman, yeah. So like some kind of very poor quality superhero, um, which is very much our market myself anyway. Um, so. At what significant event did I wear this? 
and there's two options. And I think you're aware that one event definitely occurred, but may, you maybe not, you maybe not haven't heard of the other one, which doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. Who knows? Um, so did I wear this in 2010 when I met and shook hands with the then Prime Minister Gordon Brown, or was I wearing this in 2011 when I was walking through the Manchester Arndale Centre on a Sunday evening with my, my hood up like this? So if anyone listening to the podcast, I've just uh, put my hood up. Actually, I haven't. I've, I've got it stuck on my headphones. So I, I got my hood up whilst walking through Manchester's Arndale Centre on a Sunday evening, and I was stopped by two policemen who were looking for someone who was matching my description. <laughs> after about after about five minutes of explaining who I was and giving identification, I was then allowed to go on the long road to freedom. Okay. So uh, which do you think happened whilst wearing this top? Um. Right. So... Well, I know that you did meet Gordon Brown. As you said, you will know that I, I know you met Gordon Brown because I think you once tweeted about it and I think you've talked about it possibly on the podcast before as well. And I seem to think that on the occasion you was wearing something different. And I, well, I, seem I, to... I, was, I was certainly wearing something, yeah. <laughs> I seem to think it might have been a silly hat or something, though, instead, for some reason, rather than it being a hoodie. And it, your hoodie's not particularly silly. It's, it's, it's that, was that the same hat you was wearing? No. No, okay. But it happens to be a prop that's close to me. Okay. Um. So I, I seem to think there was something you was you was wearing at the time that you met Gordon Brown. I don't think it was anything, any sort of statement towards him or anything. I think you was just you was wearing a hat of of something for some reason. So I sort of think that's true. Well, can I ask you a question though? Where where did the hoodie come from? If you if you you've not given me any reasons of of where the hoodies come from, where did you get it from? Was it a gift or? I think I bought it myself. Um, and I think I actually bought it from Topman. This is in the days before Philip Green was an acceptable person to, uh, sorry, <laughs> an unacceptable person to buy from. Um, is he going to feature later on in your quiz? Uh, he isn't. He's not really said much about uh, coronavirus. So I've got a, cor- a baddies of coronavirus quiz coming up, mm. and I don't think Philip Green uh, actually features on it. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, so you just bought it yourself then, but but you was wearing it when something happened. So you were meeting Gordon Brown. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I can see that they might have been looking for someone wearing a hoodie, but again, red hoodies quite, not you know, there are red hoodies, obviously clearly people wear red hoodies, but on that same day looking for someone who matched your description also in a red hoodie, that would have been quite a, a rare thing to have happened, wouldn't it? As in, like, quite unfortunate. And what did they say when they stopped to the police? Did what, what did you have to explain? How did that work? Did you have to go in for questioning or...? He said, we're looking for someone who matches the description of a little red riding hood. Uh, we think it might be you. Can I just check... Uh, can I, can I just check? Was it was it the police or was it stinging the police? I know we've we've already tried to make make these things clear earlier on, but uh, they were or indeed claimed to be law enforcement officers. Oh, so they didn't stop you and go, "You don't have to wear your red hoodie." They didn't say anything like that, no. No, they definitely didn't say that. <laughs> so, so what did you do? Did you explain what it wasn't you, and they just moved on? And yeah, I was also I've been I've been I used to live in Manchester uh, and used to get the train home. On a, well, train back from Sheffield to Manchester. I used to come home to Sheffield at the weekends. Uh, I used to go back to Manchester on a Sunday night where I did a, a hilarious Twitter um, feature called Tweets from a Train every Sunday night from about 4 to 8 until uh, about 9 o'clock in the evening. Although I lost the signal in Totley Tunnel, but never mind. <laughs> um, so I, I used to do that whilst I was on the train. Um, and then I used to have sort of about a 20-minute walk back um, from um, from where, from the train station to the flat where I lived. And sometimes because it was cold or because it was raining, which is why I got my hood up, uh, I would cut through the Arndale Centre in Manchester, which was kind of the shops were closed, but because you got a food court, you could kind of get in and and walk through and it was nice and dry. Uh, So I was going through there and the police stopped me, said they're looking for someone who looked like (laughs) me. I was carrying, because I'd been out for the weekend, I was carrying quite a large bag, um, which obviously perhaps looked a little bit suspicious as well. 
Right. And I'm, they started asking me questions as to I think I'm gonna where go- I'd be, what I was doing. I think based on my, my knowledge of you already meeting Gordon Brown and you was wearing something like a hat or something, I'm going to go with the one about the garden centre and I think you were stopped by, by the police. Sorry, garden centre? You said you were going through a garden centre, didn't you? I said Arndale Centre Arndale. in Manchester. <laughs> What's, oh, is that a shopping centre? Yeah. Fair sure. enough. Oh, yeah, and shopping centres are obviously places where people are likely to be wanted and thieving things and so on. Garden centres, likewise, if you really want lots of yep. plants. I don't know, but I'm going to go with that one anyway. Okay, and you would be wrong. Oh, really? Yep. So, let clarify then. Clarify, I've never never been stopped in the Arndale Centre by police <laughs> or spoken to. But but you was wearing the hoodie when you met Gordon Brown. I was wearing the hoodie was, when I met Gordon Brown. Was you wearing Brown. a hat of any kind? No, I don't think so. I was wearing, um, yeah, I was just wearing, wearing this hooded top. There is a picture uh, of you meeting Gordon Brown somewhere, isn't there? Yeah, I appeared on Sky News. Oh, right, okay. On that particular evening, um, just about. I, the handshake didn't appear on Sky News. Yeah. Just, I was just about to handshake and then it cut out. And on, 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 uh, I, on the same on the same news uh, on the same news show, they were also looking for someone um, in connection with a robbery in the Arndale uh, shopping. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can. I, I, I'm not sure if I can find. I might later on in the podcast. I might be able to retrieve a picture of it as, as evidence. There we go. Well, there you but go. We'll that, move on. That was show. And, do a- that was show and tell. I hope you enjoyed it. Okay. So, what we're we moving on to then? We need to apologise for something from last week, don't we? I think we need to apologise of the week, yes. Uh, on the last podcast, I was talking about Henry, a uh, regular listener, mm-hmm. and I perhaps incorrectly made the suggestion that he picks up other people's dog turds uh, whilst he's walking <laughs> around on the Sunday. So, apologies, Henry, but I've actually got no evidence to suggest that. Um, so, yeah, sorry if any offence was covered. Sh- it, it normally says thank you very much and enjoys listening to the show. He's not said anything this week, has he? So. No, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll 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 be he'll love featuring in Apology of the Week though, because it's it's a good thing to be to be part of, isn't it? Apology of the Week. Yeah, Do absolutely. You and it, rem- it reminds me of a sign that I saw when I was walking this week because I've been going out for 20 minutes exercise as per Boris yeah. Johnson's directive, and someone had pinned up on their garden fence and they got a bit of a patch of grass outside where the garden fence was. Yeah. It said on the garden fence, if you have the decency to bag your dog's poo. Please, can you take it to the bin? Thank you very much. <laughs> it's social disturbing. Disturbing. Hey, thank you very thank much. Thank you. Okay, so are we going to talk a little bit about news, which um, obviously, as it is going to be for some time, is going to quite a lot be about the sort of coronavirus isn't it so we'll try and get that done and out of the way and then talk a little bit about stuff other stuff that's been going off and um, that people may have heard or may not have heard of so starting with the coronavirus then um kind of it sort of rolls on doesn't it carrying on with that what should we talk about boris johnson first so he is still in self-isolation so he's done his seven days but he's still having symptoms isn't he yeah, it's almost as though we don't want him back as Prime Minister. Do, yeah. you, think, do you think he's actually got it? <laughs> or do you, do you think they just swapped his test with someone who had it and said, yeah, I'm sorry, Boris, you're going to have to sit on the sidelines for uh, seven days, sorry, 14 days. <laughs> you have to sit on the side- yeah, I'm sorry, you can't take an active part, so off you go. Well, the worst but thing is, yeah. 
is that he wrote, he, he, he said he came out that he got coronavirus shortly after he'd written a letter to every UK household. That's quite a lot of letters to write. It must have took him forever. Maybe he's just run down. And also, if you do receive a letter, don't open it if he's had coronavirus. <laughs> it can live on surfaces for quite a while, apparently, can't it, allegedly? Yeah, I hope he's not licked the envelopes. So, <laughs> yeah. But obviously, we wish we wish anyone, including Boris Johnson, a swift and speedy recovery if they have contracted the coronavirus. The same, and obviously we hope uh, hope everyone yeah. doesn't suffer too much from it. Is, is a si- is a symptom of, is a symptom of coronavirus being a complete tosser? Or now I'm only joking, and that's not how Boris Johnson is spending his time either. Um, he's <laughs> working very very hard. So yeah, that is he's suggesting that's why the nation is running out of toilet roll. <laughs> but as well as that. Um, <laughs> that is that is a, that's a good point, as, and also with a lot of the um, again it's articles I've seen rather than me knowing this myself honestly, um, but a lot of sort of well known and established pornographic websites have been giving away sort of premium memberships, haven't they? While people are on lockdown, so that's not going to help with the toilet roll issue either, is it? <laughs> that's just encouraging no, more to... panic buying. Well, you're the thoughts, sir. But do you want to give the name of some of these websites? I I, I I cannot possibly do that on a on a sort of family podcast. But obviously, there are other people as well who have uh, sort of come out into the news and said they've got coronavirus as well. Uh, sometimes celebrities that you don't really hear much from anymore uh, <laughs> kind of, oh, I've got coronavirus. <laughs> I'm expecting like someone like Timmy Mallet anytime soon. So I've got, me too, me too. No, but Dynamo the Magician has got coronavirus. Did you know that? Uh, I did, yes, I'd heard it. You'd heard it, yep, yep. So, I mean, Dynamo, obviously a magician, uh, got coronavirus, I suppose. I guess it was always on the cards. Hey! I thought that was quite good, but anyway. Uh, Yeah, but yeah, he he spoke about having the symptoms and uh, and, and sort of how bad it were and and things like that. Uh, Anything else you want to to mention here? Yeah, um, a lot of people, well, Boris Johnson tweeted that he was doing a Zoom meeting with the cabinet, because obviously Mm -hmm. he's socially distancing. Um, also, there's been question marks around people doing zooms because um, th- there's there's question marks around the encryption security. Uh, Boris Johnson, obviously mindful of the security of the nation, tweeted a picture which had got the the meeting number on there, so anyone <laughs> could try and try and get into it. You know, just via various combinations at the passcode and see if you get in. I wonder if anyone actually tried which with the passcode one two three four five six and did they go in? Um, but that means that sort of other other people have been doing sort of similar to what we've been doing. We had, uh, if anyone watched the I Got News for you on Friday night, that was sort of recording a similar amount to how we're recording with people at home and speaking into the into their webcams, microphones and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and a comedy club in Liverpool, uh, they did sort of a webcast of a recent gig. Uh, and do you, know what, do, you know, do, you know what, do you know what the slight problem was there? There was an audience on it. Uh, well, there was, there was an audience because it was sort of a record of a, something a pre- that happened yeah. a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, some people listening and watching thought it was actually a genuine live performance. <laughs> uh, and it, it kind of got into a bit of a problem when around 20 police officers turned up to close the venue down, only to find out there was actually no one there. <laughs> so, Again, so yeah, what, I, was that not was that not just Sting and the police turning up to, to maybe do a gig? Or, so, could have been. <laughs> I'm still getting that confused, aren't I? Yeah. Anyway. Um, so that happened. Um, also, we've had the president of Belarus... Um, do you know what he's doing about coronavirus? Yeah, I think I've seen this. He's 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 pretty much doing sod all, isn't he? Yeah, pretty much. They're still playing football in Belarus. Um, the only games you can have football bets on. Yeah, probably the only country you can... If you're keen on your betting, Belarus is the place to go to. Cause yeah. They're the only place still playing sport. Um, and he also played in an ice hockey game. Mm-hmm. 
sounds very Vladimir Putin-esque. He's done that a few times on Applied Ice Hockey. Although, actually, have you heard about Vladimir Putin in the news? He's delayed, for the good of the nation, he's delayed a vote that would have allowed him to continue as Prime Minister or President, possibly even for his lifetime, I think. Right. So what a, what a, what a good bloke. <laughs> um, anything else that's been keeping keeping us busy? Um, well, there's uh, we're just continuing on with the sort of coronavirus stuff. Um, there's a, I've seen that there's there's a bit of a worry that there's going to be a shortage of um, fruit and veg pickers for from the farms because obviously as as more people get ill and self isolate or social distance and so on, there's going to be less people to kind of pick the fruit and veg and and stuff like that. So they've kind of put appeals out there asking for people to volunteer um people to work and 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 to be pickers because they need something like 29,000 to be able to keep the sort of supply going um but they they're not getting that many people sort of volunteering but they have had volunteers from like local circuses and circuses and things that have shut down so but well, you are surely you're just going to get a problem there you're going to get loads of clowns and <laughs> people who usually juggle fruit and veg just getting it all over the place i don't know what do you think mm. Yeah, they're probably not the people I would normally choose. <laughs> I mean, surely it's going to be difficult because, as you said, they'd be great for social distancing, wouldn't they? Yeah. Because the feet are so big, they will probably they, measure be... two metres that you can't get close to them. Exactly. So that, that, that's, uh, that's probably pretty handy, if anything. Yeah. Um, there's been other stuff in the news as well. Um, Jack Grealish, we talk about him briefly. Yeah. Um, obviously, he recorded a video on Friday or Saturday. I think mm-hmm. it's probably Friday, actually. Encourage every, everyone to stay home and save lives. And we personally can't reiterate that message enough. A lot of people over the years for this country have done a lot of good, so sort of sacrificing themselves. All we have to do is stay at home to try and save lives of people in this country. And everyone should do it. Jack Grealish recorded a video, put it up on Twitter, saying you should stay home and stay, save lives. Uh, do you know what he did on Saturday night? I'm guessing he didn't stay home. Yeah, he went out. Uh, went to his, went to his, Allegedly went to his friend's house. Uh, by the sounds of it, had a fair amount to drink and then drove home in his Range Rover and crashed his car into various other people's cars. Jumped out of it, ran off, uh, said he'd pay for the damage and uh, one of his friends had to come and sort of attempt to sort it out and get involved in the insurance details. And to be fair, I don't really have any problem with the fact that he's decided to go out. I mean, it's not ideal, it's not great, don't get me wrong, but it's just a general hypocrisy. Yeah, in telling people not a video. to do that. Yeah, he's telling people to stay in. He's acting as a role model for, for young generations. He's doing a video saying stay in, then he, then he goes out. I mean, <laughs> terrible, stupid thing to I've, do. I've actually, uh, someone else I've actually, in my, in, my, in my role working with the football mascots, Barney Owl and Ozzy Owl at Sheffield Wednesday, um, I have actually uh, met, well, sort of met, sort of seen Jack Grealish as well. So, along with, I think, okay. John, Ter- John Terry at the same sort of time as well. We mentioned that in previous episodes. You mentioned Belarus and what they're doing to combat the coronavirus um malaysia are also actually um doing certain things as well so the malaysian government have got their own little uh, sort of ways of sort of dealing with the coronavirus so and, and also other related issues to do with the coronavirus like obviously people being in lockdown and so on so do you know what the malaysian government did um oh i don't know did they start disinfecting the entire country <laughs> not quite and um, so they released a series of posters online telling women how to keep their men happy during the lockdown. Um, some of it included not nagging <laughs> your, your, your husband and not being sarcastic. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, which is obviously um, got, rightly so, got quite a lot of criticism uh, from a lot of uh, sort of women's rights groups. Um, 
but yeah, there you go. So that's that's. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. Really, they could have come up with another set of posters. Um, maybe sort of tips for for men on how to kind of uh, keep their wives happy during the lockdown as well, because uh, that can equally be a challenge, can't it? Uh, well, yeah, it might be a good idea, as opposed to just thinking that the problem is that men have sort of dropped used and it's women that are causing the problems. Yeah. So, um, is it a reasonable assumption to say that the Prime Minister or President of Malaysia is a man? I, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. I, I think I think the, the, the crazy thing is, is that it was a... It, it was... It was um it was by a group called Women Prevent COVID nineteen. Um they they were the ones that were that, that that did the posters. So it was actually a women's group, but I think it was obviously obviously a women's group who were who were quite traditional and think that their role in the home is you know, all that kind of thing. But and then obviously other women's groups have criticized it. So yeah. It was but it was part of the gov- a government sort of uh, department or whatever. I'm not wholly convinced, actually, by this argument anyway, because surely if their impression was that um, women's role should be just to stay at home and do bits of cooking and washing up and all that sort of stuff, I can't imagine they'd do sort of digital marketing. <laughs> exactly. You know, it seems seem slightly out of character. Yeah. Maybe it's from home. Who knows? Yes, Everyone is working maybe. at home nowadays, so yeah. Um, um, obviously, people have got need to have things to do and need to keep yep. themselves entertained at home. So one thing that has been quite popular, apparently... Is the Waste of Web Space podcast, of course. The Waste of Web Space podcast. <laughs> obviously, there's nothing more popular than that other than, you know, pretty much everything else. But we are only uh, one episode a week, so there's other times to fill, isn't there? Uh, there is, exactly. So one of the other things that's become quite popular are playing board games and doing jigsaws. Oh, yeah, okay. Becoming quite, pop- quite popular in the house. Um, in fact, there's been so many people ordering jigsaws, it's been quite difficult uh, of... So someone who runs a jigsaw company and he said actually getting the deliveries out to all the customers has been very, very difficult for him. So he's come up with a new method of delivering jigsaws. Hmm. He's going to start um, delivering them at the four corners of the country, work down <laughs> the borders and then working towards the centre. <laughs> that, that is a good idea. That is a, that is a, a good tactic. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, Monopoly's um, sort of had a bit of a rise in popularity as well. But the one thing about Monopoly that I don't like is uh, how it is just one company that make the board game. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. So, um, have, have we done with all the with all the sort of um, coronavirus stuff? Is there anything else we haven't mentioned as part of that? I think we've uh, kind of covered want, everything for now, haven't we? I want to mention sympathising with footballers. Oh, um, right, okay, yeah. Because there's been a bit of pressure on footballers, and I think it's just a bit of a, a bit of a distraction measure to some degree. Um, that I'm not particularly happy that. The government has put out sort of a business relief scheme and job retentions, and there's football clubs that have got massive amounts of money. And yeah, the amount of money in football is, is ridiculous. Let, let, let's, let's be honest, let's be clear about that. Um, and the fact that some clubs are furloughing their, is that how it's pronounced? Let's be honest, no one else knew, knew how to pronounce that word about two weeks ago. But I think it's called furloughing. Um, furloughed members of staff, which means the government pays sort of 80% of their wages, and some of the clubs will top it up by 20% or what have you, and, and the claim is a good thing. Um, I, I don't particularly think that's sort of really sort of socially responsible of clubs that are sort of washed with cash that are owned by vastly, vastly rich people. Um, however, at the same time, football players themselves get paid quite a lot of money and, as a result, pay tax on that money. And they're kind of been told that they should be paying additional contributions. I'm sure they actually want to, but it's maybe not quite that simple and straightforward to just take a 20% pay cut or, or whatever. So I was wondering if you knew how much tax a player such as Paul Pogba will pay per year, roughly. Well, it's it's so. I mean, I I need to know what the wages are first. But I imagine they're quite a lot. But if you are but, a high earner, like you you know, after a certain amount, you sort of pay. Is it like four 
40% tax rather than 20, 30% or whatever it might be. So they're going to play at least 40%, possibly even more. Um, as and someone who earns the additional right, he'll be paying 45% tax. Right, okay. For, for, for the vast majority. After his first sort of three or four... Oh, oh, how, how much do you think he actually earns per week? Or he's estimated to earn? Um, Are, are we going to say half a million, 200,000, maybe half a million? Uh, it's estimated that Pogba earns about 290,000 a week. Yeah. Which is which is a scandal in itself, to be fair, because yeah. he's sort of obviously done very well for Man United, but no. that's, that's, that's a completely different issue. What someone wants to pay him is entirely up to them. So yeah, he earns about 290 grand a week. So how do you think that sort of equates in terms of tax per year? Well, he's going to, well, per well, out, out of per week. So per month, then, he's, he's obviously getting at least a million pounds per month. Mm. More, more. Is getting per month yep. if you sort of base it on a four week. So, so he's probably paying about at least 500, 500 grand in tax a month. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah there's, there's that that that's said, isn't it? That that people who are kind of that maybe sort of jumping in to criticise things, like they're not probably thinking about it other in terms of how much tax is coming in. So yeah, I mean, look, looking at sort of Pogba, um, estimated rough figures, um, his total income tax uh, and national insurance per year totals about £7 million, and then the employer's national insurance contributions on top of that, which is about 13 and a bit percent um, of pretty much the entirety of his wages, amounts to about £2 million. So in total, for employing Paul Pogba, uh, Manchester United and himself contribute £9 million of tax into um, in, into sort of the, the budget and into the Treasury. So when people talk about football's wasting taxpayers' money, um, and all that sort of stuff it might be worth considering that they actually pay quite a bit more tax than we do. Yeah. So I thought it was an, interest, an interesting point to make. And maybe the government should actually focus on ensuring we get good care, good supplies to the NHS, yeah. and all that sort of stuff, as opposed to criticising footballers when they pay quite a lot into the system already. Point. And, and maybe thinking about as well um, the kind of, yeah, like with it, when you come to sort of things like ventilators, where they were hoping to be able to provide 30,000 by the weekend, and instead they got 30. Is that right? Well, yeah, maybe it was written. Yes, I believe they got thirty instead of thirty thousand. So you you maybe wonder whether they kind of put let's order thirty k, and it got a bit confused on that. That just got thirty. They, they were always one for sort of criticising um, how um, sort of Labour and particularly Diane Abbott calculated things, weren't they? This sort of Tory party. Um, yeah. But then you know we only had just the other day they were saying about. Uh, that they're not counting nurse, nurses and doctors' deaths, was it, towards the coronavirus death counts? For uh, some reason, they're keeping account of doctors, but not nurses. Um, but then that said, they haven't got a very good track record in terms of counting nurses with no. sort of how many more they will get and the people not leaving and all that sort of stuff. So it's always been a bit woolly. Yeah, because they they are the party that have sort of single handedly helped to shrink the the profession over the years, haven't they? Um, but now, obviously, it's come back to bite them a little bit as they're trying to get more people back and probably people who left the profession in the first place because of the sort of cuts and the, the sort of um, working conditions and everything like that. So hopefully one well, one thing to come out of all this is maybe the importance of, of what we do have in the NHS. Yeah, well, so it's not just coming back to bite them, it's coming back to sort of bite the entire country and uh, and people who are sort of in care at the NHS. But anyway, that's enough to talk about politics. Should we move on and talk about something else? Yeah, so uh, should we talk about... So, <laughs> do you want to talk, talk about, about the new Labour leader? <laughs> yeah, Keir, Keir Starmer, Sir Keir Starmer as well. Sir Keir Starmer. He doesn't like being called Sir, by the way. No. Well, I can't, I can't help think that sort of out of the really great leaders that we've got and sort of sometimes prime ministers get made a Sir anyway, don't they? So that can't really happen to him, can it? No. So what's the incentive for him to do well? 
may, maybe just just doing better than what we've had for for the last you know whatever it's been is it nine years now longer ten years maybe um but no i mean what do you what do you think i mean i, I if i'm completely honest um i i didn't know a lot about him until recently and i and i read a bit more about him and you know i, I, I think he i think it i think it could potentially be a a good thing uh yeah i mean he's a former uh former barrister so he got elected to the bar but thank you, you very much um <laughs> oh, did you want to he Sorry, again, for anyone listening to the podcast, I held up that massive glass of brandy when I talked about um, <laughs> being elected to the bar. Um, he's former director of public prosecutions, which I yep. think is what ordered his knighthood. Um, obviously, he stood up against Labour McDonald's, didn't he, and things like that as well. Uh, did he? I wasn't too sure on yeah, that front. Yeah, so he stood um, up against McDonald's and uh, something to do with like other smaller companies and stuff like that. But he, yeah, he, was, he, was, he, he took the fight to McDonald's, basically. Yeah, um, I think he got he got he got a double King. cheeseburger and large fries while he were there, but he took the fight to McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> he refused to go. He just went through the drive-through. <laughs> Taking the morally high ground. Um, obviously, a lot of Labour supporters were keen to get rid of Jeremy Corbyn, uh, so they've decided to elect Keir Starmer instead, who is nothing like Jeremy Corbyn because he's an MP for North London and he's a massive Arsenal fan. <laughs> oh no, I, sorry. Um, but but you, you feel you, you feel for Corbyn leaving though. I mean, yeah. at this point in time. Surely this, at the moment, is kind of everything he's ever wanted. Yeah. The government are spending money right, <laughs> left and centre. Yeah, we're paying people to sit at home. Yeah. <laughs> Corbyn stuff. He's got but, what he wanted. But the slight if, downside is sort of so many people in the country are dying, but other than that. But Starm has said he, he wants to sort of continue slightly with the sort of radical approach that sort of uh, Jeremy Corbyn had at the same time, hasn't he? So although he did stand up in the past against Corbyn, he he's kind of he, he, although he's not he's not he's certainly not going to be the same as what Corbyn was. He's he's certainly said that he's going to kind of move forward with a lot of the stuff that he was already doing or he was already pressing for and some of the values he was he was he which which is fair because Jeremy value uh, Jeremy Corbyn's values you you couldn't really argue with could you? Uh, well, no, certainly matter of principles. Um, quite obviously, same as everyone else, everyone's got their opinions on things. And it was very very strong around what he believed in. Um, but there we go. I say he's. Things will move on from him, and we'll see what happens with Keir Starmer. So, should we should we move on to the next part of the podcast? Let's let let's do that. Uh, first of all, should we uh, should we take an ad break because obviously we are now um, getting sponsored, aren't we? Um, we, we? We're trying to, you know, now we've got a bit more time to chase sponsors and stuff. There's, and there's also a lot of different things that have, uh, that are coming up, aren't they? Because of the coronavirus, there's a lot of new companies sort of popping up that really want to reach out to our audience and get them to. Uh, to purchase certain things, so we're we're here to uh, to listen to those advertisers and and help them out, aren't we? Go on, then play your ad. <laughs> Are people around you not complying with social distancing? Are they getting too close to you with their coughs, sneezes, and contagious diseases? <coughs> then give Prod and Poke a call. We supply top of the range two meter poking sticks in a variety of colours: lightweight, fashionable, with an antibacterial gun spray fitted as standard. And, if you order before the end of the UK lockdown, we'll upgrade you to a fitted electric taser model too. Not technically legal, but the police are too busy telling people to stay indoors to care. www.prodandpokesticks.co.uk Remember, you can like the Waste of Webspace podcast on Facebook. In fact, you don't even have to like us. You can hurl loads of abuse at us on there as well. Okay, so on with the rest of the podcast then. Uh, Fisher, um, you've got a bit of a quiz lined up for us, haven't you? 
I have. Uh, first though, have you actually been on the prodandpoke.co.uk website? And if so, what's it actually contain? <laughs> well, I'd just be very careful about going to any website called prodandpoke.co.uk. But nonetheless, you've given the website out on our <laughs> podcast. It's something we're responsible for. Um, so anyway, I've done, obviously, um, one thing that a lot of people are proud of in this country at the moment is the manner in which we're kind of pulling together. Although a lot of people are pulling together. We're showing a bit of a community spirit, which is really good, particularly maybe after it being sort of possibly lacking a bit in the last sort of three or four years. Um, at eight o'clock on a Thursday evening, a lot of people go and stand outside and start start clapping um, for our heroes in the care sector and in the NHS. And the key workers out there, not sure if you did it this week, Jimbo. Well, look, I went out, okay, and so you're not going to include me in this bad boy list, are you? If uh, if I went out and, and then sort of submerged back into my place, because I went out where I live, I'm, I'm surrounded by mostly sort of commercial places that are obviously a lot of them now closed. There's a couple of takeaways. Uh, there's a, a, a Domino's pizza place right across the road from us um, with an absolute massive fleet of drivers now. They've, they've actually increased obviously increased stuff to get more pizzas out to people and so on um but yeah they they were there and um so so i kind of came out but a lot of the i could hear the clapping in the distance but there was no one around me actually clapping themselves so i kind of just sort of faded back in but i did go out and and just you know put my hands together slightly you know the domino's pizza people thought i were applauding them and they deserve the applause as well don't they because they're they are they are still getting us all fed and making sure we can have takeaways and treats and stuff like that so yeah but i did attempt it yeah when you tell me the other day that you had a Domino's delivered, and obviously they can't put it, they can't hand it over <laughs> physically to you, so they, they left it on top of the bin. <laughs> they did, yeah, yeah. They, they they like to keep their distance and 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 leave. Yeah, I mean the bin's not the you know, especially when we're trying to think of hygiene at the minute, it's not the best place yeah. to leave pizza, is it? But it was fine. It was very quick and very you know, it was a smooth transaction. Well, anyway, so it's part of the fact that a lot of people are pulling together and really trying to ensure that people stay stay home and save lives. There are some people who aren't going, who are going a bit off message and aren't quite doing that. Who well, I'm sort of saying are the are the bad boys of COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. So I've got a, I've got a quiz um, that's kind of half of it's about the bad boys of COVID nineteen and the other half basically just about Mike Ashley. Okay. So <laughs> let's uh, let, let's see where we get to. I think I've got twelve questions. So let's uh, let's see how we do. So Jack Grealish, as we mentioned earlier, um, crashed his car at the weekend, but. What in the summer of 2015 was he pictured doing in Tenerife? Was it that he was urinating against someone's house while sticking his middle finger up to the camera? Or was he passed out in the street, surrounded by packs of cigarettes? Uh, you're saying this is Mike Ashley again? No, so it's Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish. Sorry. Sorry, I, don't, I, was, I was thinking... <laughs> anyway, so Sorry. Jack Grealish, he was pictured either urinating in the streets... Uh, urinating against someone's house while sticking his middle finger up at the camera. Okay. Or passed out in the street, surrounded by packs of cigarettes right and when when was this again 2015 okay so would that have been just as villa were being relegated or around the same sort of time possibly i don't know i, I don't know it's happened that often it's hard to tell um <laughs> well the, 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 for the villa fans in there um well they they, they sort of came down after quite a long time in the premiership didn't they and i think that was when jack, jack Grealish was kind of getting kind of quite well known as to what he is now possibly around that same sort of time so um it obviously could, could have easily been any of them but i'm gonna go with the one that he was having a wee outside someone's house and uh, pointing his finger up at the camera uh you're wrong okay he was uh, he was filmed uh, passed out or appearing to be passed out in the street with packs of cigarettes uh, around him 
I think I think it's probably only about 23, 24 now. So I'm, um, I'm picturing like packs probably... of cigarettes stood around, like shaking the head, looking at him, rather than him just like loads of cigarettes just <laughs> laid all around him. <laughs> I've got a different image going on in my head. Okay. Um, See, so yeah, I think it was probably about only about 18 and 19 at the time, uh, but nonetheless, sort of a, a very promising footballer. What was interesting is when I um, when I Googled sort of Jack Grealish controversies, it came up with that. It came up with obviously the incident at the weekend. There's a couple of other things as well. And it came up with an incident in a game, I think, last year, the Birmingham Derby, Birmingham against Aston Villa, where a fan ran onto yeah. the pitch and punched him in the back of the head. Yeah. Now, I didn't particularly think that was a controversy that was particularly, that it was particularly to blame for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Right. Walk, walking, yeah, walking around, presenting the back of his head to people, um, <laughs> which is, yeah, again, it just happened to be the victim on that, uh, that, that point. I think so we might have talked about that in our crime, podcast yes, at the time as well. Yeah, I think we did talk about that at, at the time in our podcast as well. Thanks, so, yeah. Uh, so anyway, moving on. Billy Joe Saunders, who I think we discussed in last podcast, uh, recorded a video where he punched a punch bag and was telling people that this is how you punch your wife. Um, so in in he's there are quite there are quite a few regarding him, but at the same time, I don't want to know him too much because obviously he's quite well, he's a professional boxer, in he? So yeah, I don't want I, I don't want, I don't want to have, have too many harsh words for him. Um, in September 2018, uh, Billy Joe Saunders, in an incident described as banter, I hate that word at times when it's used in the program. I don't well, like banter. Was yeah, pass anything off as being a bit of banter, can't you? Eh? Yeah. I just don't uh, like the word oh, in general. I, yeah, oh, I, I don't mind occasionally if it is actually banter, but yeah, oh, I kicked I kicked my granddad in the face. <laughs> Great banter. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so anyway, in 2018, Billy Joe Saunders, in an instant described as banter, was videoed offering a suspected drug addict 150 pounds of drugs. What did he say he wanted in return? Was it for the drug addict to perform a sex act on his friend and hit an innocent bystander, or is it for the drug addict? to steal a crate of lager from the local shop, and if questioned, they had to say they were stealing it on behalf of the WBA middleweight champion of the world. So he gave somebody £150, you say? Whoa. No, no, start again, start again, start again. He he said in the video he would offer them £150 worth of drugs. I'm not saying he gave it to them. I'm not saying he gave it to them. So, but, but, you're saying, saying he takes drugs. but you're saying that one of the reasons was to go into an off-license and steal some beer for him? He said to a he said to a suspected drug addict, "I will give you 150 pounds worth of drugs as long as you do one of the, one of the following things." Oh right, okay. But but he didn't say that, obviously. Yeah, he yeah. Said, yeah. As long as you do this, <laughs> and it might have been that he asked the drug addict to perform a sex act on Billy Joe Saunders' friend and also hit an innocent bystander, or it was for them to for the drug addict to, to run into a shop, steal a crate of lager, and if they were asked why they were doing it, he had to say that they were stealing it on behalf of the WBA middleweight champion of the world. So I don't know what the what the purposes of giving somebody all that much money worth of drugs to go and steal them some lager. And obviously, if they've got that much money for the drugs, they could have just gone and bought the lager themselves. And I don't think he particularly needs to steal anything. But maybe it was just for the old sake of him saying it's for the heavyweight champion of the world, and it was just for the sake of it. Jimbo. Yeah. It was for banter. Oh, it was for, fair enough. If it was for banter, yeah. I'm, I, I still think I'm going to go with the first one though, the sex act the one. E- yeah. Sex act and hit an innocent bystander. Yeah. You'd be correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can I just say that when you played on the soundboard, that tick, bing noise, that yeah. was ridiculously loud in my earphones. <laughs> so um, if you can try and get all the rest of the questions wrong, which to be fair, isn't normally a problem for you, then that would oh, be much appreciated. You just get ready. Yeah, so you've got one out of two so far. Um, so what, what appeared to confuse Billy Joe Saunders in Meadow Hall, as per a tweet, in November 2017? Was it a gender-neutral shop assistant? Or 
was it a seemingly able-bodied person using a disabled toilet? It later transpired that the disabled person had recently undergone a triple heart bypass and was unable to walk upstairs or long distances. Right, okay. So Meadow Hall, obviously um, our local big shopping centre around our area in Sheffield. Uh, Of course, we are Chapel Town's number one podcast and we think at the minute still only podcast, we think. Is that right? Yeah, I think even if we weren't, even if there were a charge podcast, we'd still claim to be the best anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's go with um, the f- second one that it was somebody using a disabled toilet um, and he was questioning why we actually it was somebody who needed to use it. Uh, and you would be wrong. Okay. The boos are quite long this time, aren't they? I was going to say, how long did that boo, that boo in last for? It's going to be our first two-hour podcast. It's because I recalibrated, the, I, I recalibrated the soundboard not long ago. So, yeah, I need to uh, turn the fade-out time to a bit shorter, I think. There we go. Okay. Um, so, on to... So, that's all we've got about Billy Joe Saunders. I'm sure he's a nice bloke in real life. Um, so, what did Weatherspoons do? Obviously, Tim Martin um, said to people that... It's quite unlikely you're going to get uh, coronavirus in one of his pubs, so he might as well stay open. Uh, what did Weatherspoons do to the surprise of marketing experts in April 2018? Is it they gave firm instructions to members of staff that they should no longer apologise to customers? If a customer had a problem, those members of staff were made clear that they should tell them to go elsewhere. Or is it that they closed all their social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram? I think I know this one. Um, first of all, I will say that as much as I am... I'm not a big, I'm not a fan whatsoever of the Weatherspoons um, owner, and it's this certain, the certainly coronavirus has, has potentially tipped me over the edge in terms of me actually wanting to give money to Weatherspoons. It's it, the actual service and the, the the sort of price of things in there is brilliant, and the staff who work in there are brilliant. There's one round here. Um, I've got no issues with with the people who run the actual pubs themselves but the owner wise he's he's let's face it he's 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 a knobhead isn't he <laughs> i was looking for a bleep but i need to get a bleep buzzer i'm sorry but he really is um so it has made me reevaluate whether i should actually be going in there anymore um i don't think the apology the don't apologize thing is true and i think even if he'd have said that i think the staff who work in those kind of places and certainly the staff i've come across have always been absolutely really fine uh, really friendly really happy to help you whenever uh, but I do he- remember hearing a story about the social media. Uh, they just decided to come off it so they didn't have to deal with people on it anymore, basically, I think it was. So I think that's the one that's the correct answer. And you'll be correct. <laughs> I think, I'm think i going to try and keep count this week, so I think you've got two out of four. Okay. So, so well done. Uh, next up, you might be ready with the soundboard, Donald Trump. There you go. Uh, um, there are more cases in America than there are any other country in the world now of coronavirus. USA! USA! <laughs> USA! Um, sorry. Um, which is, and generally there's been a bit of a ref- you know, refusal to acknowledge that there's actually a problem from Donald Trump would be my sort of general general comment on it. Um, so, when he was asked by a journalist on the 20th March this year, when who was what asked? he would say, when the President of America was asked, <laughs> uh, what he would say to the Americans who were scared, given that there had been 200 deaths and over 14,000 cases of coronavirus, how did he respond? Did he say, our thoughts and prayers are with all the American citizens? Unfortunately, that's the most we can do. Or did he say to the reporter, you're a terrible reporter? Right. 
I believe um, that both of things that viably could have come out of uh, Donald Trump, Trump, Donald Trump's mouth, any of those could have been said. But I'm going to go with the fact that I think it was the other one. Uh, and he and he and he's known for having sort of fights with reporters and he and having a bit of a go at him and, and so on. He doesn't take any uh, any crap from him. Um, but so let's go with the reporters. I think uh, you'd be right. Uh, yeah, he told the reporter that it was a terrible reporter because he was spreading negativity, or is it sometimes called the truth? Um, <laughs> and he said, he said, you and CNN and Comcast. You know what? I don't call them Comcast. I call them Concast. Can I? Can I just stop? Can I, can I stop you there? You've done. All you, right, Jeremy you, Corbyn. You've done an excellent Donald Trump impression in the past, and I'd, I'd like you to attempt to do it again now, if that's okay. Because I, I do like your Donald Trump impression. I think it's pretty good. You're a terrible reporter. You and CNN. And Comcast, you know, I don't call them Comcast, I call you Comcast. This this disease which came over from China, that, that, that's sort of the best I can do. No, I like that. Well done. It did all, it did an interview the other day where he was talking about, obviously, the spread of the coronavirus. And he said, he said something along the lines of, obviously, the, the scientists, they've been, they've been making the models. And I wasn't involved in the model. I've not been involved in any models. Well, not mathematical <laughs> models, anyway. Like, oh, oh, right. I'm putting your accent, not Donald Trump, by the way. Oh, fantastic. At the time where America has... <laughs> at the time where America has got more cases of a deadly pandemic than anyone else, the president decides <laughs> to try and make a joke about him phoning some models. You know? <laughs> well done. It's just what we want, isn't it? So anyway, moving on from moving on from Donald Trump, uh, Liverpool FC, who have um, I think today or yesterday announced that they're going to furlough members of staff. Um, however, I think they said they're going to top up the twenty percent. Uh, yeah, as I said earlier on, I don't particularly agree with the fact that football clubs such as Liverpool that had a turnover in the last two years of about a billion pounds across the two years um, and pay vast amounts of millions of pounds to sign players should really be doing that. But there we go. Um, Liverpool FC are alleged to have paid £1 million to Manchester City in 2013 following a dispute between the clubs. What was the issue? Is it alleged that Liverpool hacked into Manchester City's scouting database of players having obtained the login details of a Manchester City scout? Or is it alleged that a Liverpool member of staff had approached a member of staff from Manchester City asking for team information prior to an important Premier League game? I would say that this is only allegedly, and Liverpool haven't publicly commented on the story. But they have paid for something, is that right? Or is it, is it was it a story? There's no. Is is there? They any... have they have allegedly paid for something according to report in the <laughs> Times, but Liverpool haven't commented on it. Okay, um, let's go with. I think it was the one to do with the hacked. Was it sort of details of a scout or something like that? Hacked, data, hacked, hacked into their scouting database. Yeah, let's go with that one. You'd be correct. Um, so I think you got four out of six, which is yeah. good so far. So keep on the good work, Jimbo. Um, so Lord Sugar, who today in, it said that... Uh, now, it's very difficult to say, but Piers Morgan is actually, I think, at the moment, doing quite a good job. I mean, I'm going to get a bar of soap to wash my mouth now, <laughs> but... Um, he's encouraging people to stay home, save lives, follow the advice of the government, and he's really sort of saying that this coronavirus, COVID-19, is a very serious thing, and we should be doing what we're told. Mm-hmm. And we should do everything to ensure 
that we aren't increasing the spread of transmission and also we do everything we can to protect our NHS. I, I think, I think that, there's possibly a little bit of a... I'll, I'll let you explain what's going on, but I, I, there's, a, there's a little bit of time, a, a tiny little bit of me that kind of understands what Lord Sugar's saying, but I think there's, there's other things aside from that, which is why people should be following the, the guidelines and so on. Yeah, you carry on and I'll, I'll sort of cut in when... So, as we record on Sunday... Yeah. Um, it's, it has been quite a nice day. It's not been too bad here. Uh, I think in London it was estimated that a lot of people were going to go out into parks and sunbathe. Lord Sugar said, I don't understand what Piers Morgan's talking about, saying that everyone should stay indoors, you know, follow government's advice. As long as you're going out in Essex where there's some really nice big fields and you're staying 10 feet apart, then you're absolutely fine. What's the problem? Which is not the government's advice. Government's advice is that you only leave the house for 20 minutes of exercise or for urgent food supplies. And that's the advice that I'm following and hopefully you're following as well because that's what I'm told to do by government. Who, to be fair, don't actually tell us to do all that many things. I suppose, um, what, what, what I was sort of going to say, I suppose what, what some, it might be the way that uh, Lord Sugar said it, but like, you know, if, if, you, if you are one of those people that does live that backs onto huge fields and there's lots of space, if you're going to lay down somewhere just out of the way of everybody else, so there's, there is, I understand what you're saying, there's no harm in that, but, but by being a, a, a public figure to sort of speak out against the guidelines, you're going to get lots of mixed messages, aren't you? Then people are going to follow the wrong guidelines and so on. So I can I can see both sides of the argument, but maybe Lord Sugar is just best not sort of going on about, you know, people can use the common sense without him saying it for himself, is what I'm saying, possibly. Uh, yeah, so it's a very reasonable point to make. So, um, so. Lord Sugar, though, it was involved in a Twitter, it involved in another Twitter controversy, and it's not the one involving tweeting a picture of the Senegalese football team saying he'd seen him on a beach in Marbella selling um, sort of fake sunglasses and whatever. It's not that one. Is, not it, that not, one. is it not the one about him uh, him not being able to get a watch that he really wants because uh, they won't, his Rolex person won't help him out or something like that or won't talk to his Rolex dealer? Not well, that, that one either. either. That one either. So he tweeted a picture that caused us to, on the 31st of July 2018. What was it of? Was it of a shop assistant in Croatia with, what it's fair to say, was an impressive cleavage? He made a joke insinuating he'd remained in the shop in order to basically stare at her norks. <laughs> um, I wasn't quite sure whether norks was an appropriate term to use, but I think that's sort of a, is that a better, better is that a reasonable phrase to use for breasts? Uh, well, if that's what he used. Uh, well, he didn't use the word norks, no. Oh, you, you um, put that was, in there. Well, you I know. put that, it basically I... insinuated and that's why he stayed in the store. There we go. Um, I, I did double check this with my wife, and she said that seemed like a, a sensible word to use. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's do, oh, a, let's, so do a, it, let's do a Twitter poll, shall we? Is Norks appropriate? We'll do that. Yeah. Um, so was it that, or was it that he tweeted a picture of a Middle East royal family member eating at a posh restaurant? He captioned it by saying that if he can't pay for the bill, then the Middle Eastern royal family member can take the tea towel off his head and help with washing the pots. <laughs> oh, God. it's just why would he say either of them? Now, I, I would say that, obviously, both of those don't particularly implicate me making one of a no, particularly good light. No. But nonetheless, I do think it is the kind of thing that Lord Sugar might potentially say. And bear in mind, he has got a bit of previous on that front as well. He, he clearly sometimes just doesn't know when to stop talking, does he? Do you know what I mean? Or not, or to keep something to himself. You know, again, like yeah. like the sort of thing about the, the sort of government guidelines recently. Like, he doesn't, you know, I, I can see where he's coming from, but let people use their own common sense without you saying it yeah. and then confusing the message even more is, is I think, the message there. I'm going to go with the first one, I think, that, um, that the, as you put it, he stayed in there. He basically tweeted saying he was going to be staying in there just to carry on looking at this person's norks okay well i think if you check on your mobile phone uh, i've just sent you a picture <laughs> of what you tweeted okay let me let me have a look for the answer then and then i'll uh, 
So, oh, so you just sent me the picture alone. So it was that was I was I was right. Uh, yeah. Thanks for that picture. Yeah, you're welcome. So just to be clear, I haven't sent Jimbo a picture of a Middle Eastern member of the royal family. I have, however, might have sent him a picture of a lady with a fairly large pair of shoulder boulders. Are we allowed to uh, show that to the camera? Is that is yeah. that clear? Can you see that? You want? Um, but yes, he said he'd spent extra time in the store because of effectively looking at that lady's cleavage. Um, there we go. What, what, what a lovely man. So I think you got five out of seven so far. So yeah. well done, Jimbo. How many have we got? Going. I think I think that was five, I think that's five out of seven. Now how many more? Uh, uh, five more. Okay. So we're moving on to the Mike Ashley section. Oh, here we go. Uh, so uh, in 2013 and 2014 combined, how many ambulances were sent to the same postcode as Sports Direct's distribution centre in Shybrook? Was it 76 or 33? Shybrook's not far away at all, is it? Um, no, it's not far away. No, it's I think a, it's an old. Sorry. Probably about 40 minutes away, I think. Uh, I don't know. I've never, I've never ran that, ran there. Um, I think it's a former mining village. I think sort of when the mines closed, sort of flattened, and um, big distribution centre built there. Sort of eventually, that Sports Direct took over and uses it as its main hub. Mm-hmm. I think there's a slight controversy that it was sort of said that jobs were going to be for local people, and I think that generally speaking, the majority of people who worked there probably weren't born and bred in Shirebrook. Right. Okay. Mm. Not that there's anything wrong with employing people who aren't born no. bred in Shirebrook, guys, into it. Um, okay, so uh, so go on then. So what? So in in that two year period between oh, was it 2013 and 2014, was it 76 or 33 ambulances that were called? I'm going to go with 76. You would be correct. So 76 ambulances. Um, so. 76 ambulances called and dispatched. I think there were some extra ones that were called, but later cancelled. So obviously the um, uh, the health and safety re- um, setup there isn't isn't great, the sound of it. I haven't said that. <laughs> All I'm saying is that 76 ambulances were called in that two-year period and dispatched to the, the same postcode as the warehouse. Uh, I'm not even saying that they actually went to the warehouse. I'm just saying the same postcode. <laughs> now it could be that all these incidents happened just outside the factory. It could be the fact. It could be the. It could be the fact that that alarmingly large amount is related to health and safety issues and working conditions there. But we're not saying that, are we? Maybe well, it's I'm because not that. maybe it's because they they had a lot of droppages of those big mugs that we always talk about <laughs> that shatter into a million pieces. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be. Who, who knows? So. Um, uh, moving on to uh, November 2016, a group of MPs visited Sports Direct Distribution Centre where there's appalling working... Sorry, where it was alleged there's poor working conditions. <laughs> Why were they shocked at lunchtime? Was it that the food was very plain, with only ham sandwiches served, meaning that the two vegetarian MPs were left with nothing? Or was it when the sandwiches delivered, it transpired that there was a hidden microphone under the plate? I was wondering whether you was going to say, because uh, were they shocked because the Beast of Bolsover was there? Um, <laughs> what, what do we call him? Uh, Dennis Skinner. Because he's, he's from Dennis a s- similar sort of area, isn't it? It's very, very close to Bolsover, his uh, Shybrook, in the same sort of area. Uh, I'm going to go with the first one, I think. Very plain food with nothing for vegetarians? Yeah. You would be wrong. Just going back to Lord Sugar. Um, <laughs> I mean, do you think he? Do you think he actually asked this shop assistant? I mean, you've seen the picture. Yeah. Do you think he actually asked the shop assistant whether she found it acceptable for him to tweet a picture of her cleavage towards his sort of like five million or so followers? Yeah, it's worth wondering, isn't it? Um, yeah. But I mean, she's you know, she she might be pleased for the publicity, or she might not be. 
Or know. she might just be going about a business and yeah. be perved on by an old man who thinks it's <laughs> acceptable to do that kind of thing. Yeah. Each to their own. Thanks, that'll fill so, a bit of time later on. I'm joking. Um, so, next up with Mike Ashley. I think you got six out of nine, by the way. So yeah. next up with Mike Ashley. It was alleged in court, again, uh, that in 2000... Sorry, it was alleged in court in January 2019 that Mike Ashley was at a meeting with potential investors of Newcastle United in September 2008 in the United Arab Emirates. It was reported that he allegedly made insulting comments, particularly focusing on three things. What were they? Was it the Sultan of Brunei, the Middle East peace process, and Bobby Robson? Or was it Islam, the Dubai royal family, and Kevin Keegan? <laughs> That's really random. Um, so they, they were the three that were predominantly in the news articles, highlighted as what he'd slagged off, allegedly. Okay, I'm going to go with the second lot, I think. So, Islam, yeah. the Royal Family, and Kevin Keegan. You would be correct. <laughs> oh, seven out of ten, two left. Um, again, it was alleged in court in July 2017 <laughs> that Mike Ashley got Do, involved in a no, drinking No game. wonder Mike Ashley has got no time to properly manage uh, the, the affairs of Newcastle United if he's always in court. Or, exactly, well, yeah. Or look after his staff. Hey, I'm not saying he doesn't look after him properly. I'm sure he <laughs> complies with all the correct regulations. Um, but it was alleged in court, again, I mean, I'll be honest, to the best of my knowledge, nothing's ever been alleged about me in court, and I, I think the same same can be said for yourself. What about, what about Mike, what about you, uh, you know, doing something in that shopping centre? Oh, that wasn't you, uh, was it? We just we got over it. Yeah, no. sorry, we've worked that out, yeah. Claim I had no foundation. I, I had an alibi. I claimed I was in a garden centre at the time. <laughs> Uh, so it was alleged in court in July 2017. Mike Ashley was involved in a drinking game with a Polish analyst doing a business during a business meeting at a pub in Alfreton. He wasn't Again, using those big. He wasn't using those big mugs, was he? No, no. I, okay. I suspect he probably could get a full pint in there. But it, it was alleged it was in a, a business meeting in a pub in Alfreton uh, with a Polish analyst, and they got involved in a drinking game. After Mike Ashley won, what allegedly happened? Did he take his shirt off and sing "We Are the Champions" at the top of his voice while stood on a table, or? Did he vomit into a fireplace? <laughs> um, uh, I, was he wearing a Newcastle United shirt? He's often pictured in one, isn't he? Uh, I think he sometimes takes it off at the game, doesn't he? Because yeah, because well, he was involved in an instant way down the pine at a game, wasn't he? And then got told off because you're not meant to drink in the stands. Right, of course. Yeah, right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the that he he took his shirt off and swung it round and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, you'd be wrong. It was sick in a fireplace, unfortunately. So, final question. I think you've got seven out of 11 mm-hmm. so far, so it's a good uh, good effort. Uh, in February 2018, the Independent Press Standards Organization ruled what following a complaint? Was it that Mike Ashley could legitimately be compared to North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un? An article in the Times had said he had many characteristics, uh, many characteristics similar with Kim Jong-un, and the Independent Press Standards Organisation agreed. <laughs> or is it that he could legitimately be described as being like a callous Victorian mill owner with all the dignity and morals of a convicted benefit cheat after an article in the Times said he had those characteristics and the Independent Press Standards Organisation agreed? I, I think uh, the first one's quite extreme. Um, that to to compare him to Kim Kim Jong Un, I'm sure there are some similarities. Um, did you did you hear that allegedly in in is it North Korea? Yeah, North Korea. Uh, weren't yeah. they weren't they sort of you know this this is alleged. I, I I don't know how true this is, but you know you, you couldn't 
put it past them, I suppose. But if you're coughed in North Korea at the moment, you get shot <laughs> quite <laughs> instantly. Well, interestingly, it is allegedly one of only 12 countries that doesn't have any case of the coronavirus at all. Well, which may be because of their extreme handling of it. Exactly, yeah. Can't bang, there you go. Uh, well, it, it's worked. Can't compl- But anyway, yeah, not, not the best approach. I'm glad our country's not taking that approach. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the second one. I think it's more likely as compared to a, an old Victorian mill owner. Is that right? Uh, yeah, an old Victorian mill owner with all the dignity of uh, a benefit sheet. Uh, you'll be incorrect. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was allegedly co- uh, well, it was compared to North Korean dictator Kim Jong Un. Um, I think Mike Ashley wasn't too happy with it, so I took it to the independent uh, press standards organisation, who said, "Well, you've got sort of a fair few characteristics that <laughs> are quite similar, so the comments can stand." I think there was one part of both, the article both in there Newcastle that was United sort of, fans. Uh, well, yes, I don't think they're, they're particularly happy with him. Um, so yeah, it, it does uh, look like some of Kim Jong Un's trousers are from Sports Direct. To be fair, <laughs> they're kind of like baggy joggers. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's just what he likes to wear. And if Sports Direct oh, did that. haircuts, that's what you're getting. Let's face it, <laughs> you're getting the Kim Jong Un, aren't you? Yeah, uh, they're very much a one size fits all. Bang, there we go. Sorry, when I say bang, no one's cough. <laughs> Well, I enjoyed that for sure. Is that all of... How did I do? I think I got about seven out of... Oh, did I get eight with more than that? Like seven out of 12, so well done. Yeah, well, no worries. That was quite good, wasn't it? Are you feeling ill? Under the weather? Feverish? Or do you have a spot in an awkward place? Are you struggling to get an appointment at your local doctor's surgery? Or are you sick of waiting in a call queue for the NHS helplines? Don't worry. I'd DM Cheryl. Cheryl, 42 from Rotherham, is here to take your problem and make it her own 24 hours a day, apart from at night when she's in the bath, sleeping or sleeping in the bath. Cheryl is no medical expert, but who needs to be? She's heard it all before. Tell Cheryl your problems and she'll Google it for you using her seven-year-old son's iPad. What's more, if Cheryl can't find the answer, she'll ask all of her Facebook friends. Other than posting your first, second name, and which housing estate you live on, your inquiry will be completely anonymous. In a crisis, DM Cheryl. Follow the Waste of Web Space podcast on Twitter, and we'll follow you back. Literally right to your front door. Thank you very much for listening to us today. in another long episode, hasn't it, Fisher? think so, yeah. And it's have you just used all the indents that we've made yeah. already on this podcast? We've got... We've now got none left in stock. Well, we you know, we've got we've got time. we've got time on his hands, haven't we, to make more for next time? So yeah, uh, I mean, it's true. It's true that we will follow people to their door. I mean, actually, do you know which do you know which podcast system we follow around? Yeah, Henry. That's how <laughs> I know that he's been going around picking dog turds up from other people. Well, thank you very much for listening. Of course, you can get in touch with us, wasteofwebspace.co.uk is our web address, Twitter, at Waste of Webspace, and Facebook. Plenty of ways for us to get in touch. We're also trying to put extra content out there as well, aren't we? Uh, doing a few sorts of cover songs and silly adverts with videos and things like that that we're putting out on our Facebook and Twitter pages. So you get a little bit more from us as well as our super long podcasts, which we, uh, we will try and cut down very slightly so that you're not listening to us for too long. But hey, what else have you got to do? So I thought this time, Fisher, I'd play us out with a song. So the last episode we had was uh, Love Will Tear Us Two Metres Apart, wasn't it? Episode 56. So I've actually done a cover version of that, and I thought I'd play us out with that particular song. Are you ready? Thank you very much. See you next time.
When the lockdown starts And everything's closed And you're queuing outside To get in waitress You better stay out my way And cross over the road Oh love, love will tear us to meters apart Love, love will tear us to meters apart Why is there no toilet rolls or antiseptic wipes? There's markers on the floor Two meters wide I can't believe this is real Stuck in the house with our wives But love, love will tear us two meters apart But love, love will tear us two meters apart